0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: Our number two here on a Tuesday. Jimmy B and TC take you up until 3 o'clock. Plenty of talk here on a Tuesday. And uh, Jim, it was a big night last night. You were locked and loaded for the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. We know about that. No surprise. Right. But also... There was the MLB draft. The what? Did you watch one moment of it? What is it? The Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. They still have that?
2: They do. How many rounds was it? Last night, I believe they did a couple. Oh.
1: There's 40 in all.
2: So it's going on again today? Oh, yeah. It's still happening. I still won't watch. Not
1: a second. Not a second. I'm a baseball guy. I know you are. I watched the twins pick, and that was that it. was it. That's it. That <laughs> was you,
2: that's because they were picking first. That's that, the only
1: reason. It, it made it very easy. We've got Chris Catilla with us, MLB Daily Dish, as he joins us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. Chris, good afternoon. How are things with you?
3: They're good. How, how are you guys?
1: We can't complain. Not really. No. Oh, nice hot day outside. We're in here just talking some sports and well, just a couple of draft notes. We're not going to delve deep into it. it it's. It's so different than the NFL draft, than the, than the NBA, NBA draft. Yeah. Those ones really matter. But, but this, because the guys are so far removed. But I want to get your thoughts on what the Twins did at the top. You know, for a while, Braden Green was the one that a lot of people were talking about. They decided to go down the route of Royce Lewis, who didn't have the buzz at least externally as a number one pick. Your Your thoughts on them taking Lewis and and the possibility of the Twins looking to save some money with that first pick so they have more money to spend later in the draft.
3: Yeah, that's what it seems like it is. I mean, obviously, Hunter Green was the guy throughout the entire draft process. that had the Sports Illustrated profiles written about him, and, and it's interesting. Like As you've kind of mentioned, that this draft is a lot different than the other drafts that we do see uh, around uh, basically the NFL a lot of the times at the top. You know, teams will look at positional needs, and then they'll realize at the end, all right, we're just going to go and get the best player available in the NBA. Kind of the same thing. Obviously, the Celtics aren't going to need more guards. They have a ton, but they're going to go and get Fultz just because he's the best player. In baseball, the best player very rarely does actually go number one. We saw mm-hmm. that a couple years ago, the Dansby-Swanson year. Brendan Rodgers, who was taken to the top two or three by the Rockies and is a stud prospect, was not was probably the best guy in the draft, but they went with Swanson over him is because teams sometimes, you know, they value having that college player or there's money involved for sure. And Hunter Green was the guy in this draft, widely ranked as the number one guy, but the Twins kind of ruled him out early and it came down to, I thought it was going to be Brendan McKay, uh, the two-way player from Louisville, uh, going into yesterday and he fell to fourth to the Rays and the Rays, I'm sure, were ecstatic to get him. So really, Royce Lewis is kind of a little bit of an unknown just because All the hype was on Green, and then all the hype was on McKay and Wright once they changed that. And then Lewis kind of came out of nowhere yesterday and was a surprising pick. But I think it would be probably something to save costs there.
2: It's interesting that there's so much uh, hype about Green. This is a guy who plays. He's an everyday player, yet he's a pitcher that can throw uh, 98 miles an hour as well as a 17-year-old. Would we ever see again and everyday player for an example if green played and then he took a day off before the day he would pitch would we ever see anything like that again in major league baseball or now is it just so i guess tight with whatever position you are that's it
3: well you've seen you know maybe a little bit of a shift at the major league level the padres tried it with a guy christian bethencourt earlier in the year he it was a catcher originally coming up through the Brave system, and they, they've let him pitch and maybe try out the outfield a little bit and a few different things. So that's something that they've looked at uh, just a little bit, and I think he's been you know, sent to AAA where he's going to continue working on that. You've seen a few guys. There's a guy with the Dodgers, Brett Eibner, who's being converted to a pitcher, but they think he might be a two-way player down the road. So teams are looking into it, but it's not those big-name guys like Green and like McKay at the top of this draft. Mm-hmm. Now I did a series of draft Q&As with like 20 of the thirty first rounders. And I didn't get to speak to Green, but I did speak to Brendan McKay. And he basically said that he would love to do both uh, at the major league level. And he thinks kind of laid out a plan for me where that would be possible, where uh, you kind of have a guy uh, do both at the beginning of the season, give him kind of maybe June and July off and ramp him up so he can do it again in August and September. He said, obviously the hardest part of that is, is the workload of having to do stretches and do all the prep work as a pitcher. And obviously having to do, uh, everything as a hitter on a daily basis as well, so that's that's the, the real problem, and he's facing that over a much shorter college season, obviously 60 games or so, and, and I don't think you know he really knows what he's getting into with 162 games. But it seems like at this point, you know, the Rays are looking to use him as a, as a two-way player in the minor leagues. He was announced as a first baseman, but the Rays intend to at least see what he can do in the minors, both positions, not. As sure on green, I think people think he's going to be more of a pitcher just because he throws 102 miles an hour. But but obviously with going to a National League team, your options are a little bit opened up there. Well, he w- he will be in your lineup once every five days uh, if that happens. And if the DH is not gone by the time he reaches the majors in six years, which is another part of that. But it's definitely interesting. We're seeing kind of that's the storyline of this draft to me.
1: Talking right now with our man Chris Cotillo, MLB Daily Dish. One more on the draft, and we'll get into some baseball. The Cubs, uh, and it's continued as they just took another college starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they're looking to replenish those arms down on the farm. Four consecutive going after college arms. Looks like Theo and Jed had uh, a certain plan going into this draft.
3: Well, yeah, that's what—that's pretty much what you, you see normally with this kind of thing. A team that's a contender is more likely to get those college arms, because in a lot of cases, those college arms can be up and be relievers, and you know, in very rare cases later this season and, and some more common cases either next year or the year after with high school guys are obviously projecting six years down the road. But you'll see contenders like the Cubs are obviously trying to win now and have a window to do so, go after those college players. Now, the one that really stands out to me is Alex Lang at the number 30 pick. He's a guy who really shined for LSU in the College World Series as a freshman, and, and I think the Cubs were probably very happy to still see him available at number 30. All the mock drafts have them going with a high school shortstop with a talent that good, a guy who, you know, has obviously performed in the big stage and will do so again here in a couple of days with LSU, uh, is someone they're, they're very happy to get.
2: Uh, we're having a conversation. Chris Cotillo, Major League Baseball Daily Dish, right here on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Okay, we referenced the Cubs. Let's go there now because Cubs fans are like, pulling their hair out, shaving their legs. They're doing all kinds of crazy things, uh, walking goats through downtown Chicago, anything, even even calling Steve Bartman, asking and begging if he would come back to the stadium. Anything, <coughs> anything, anything, Chris, to try to break what's going on here. So Joe Madden has decided, the manager, that he is going to now bat Anthony Rizzo, in the leadoff spot tonight, the uh, lineup already announced, and Rizzo is in the leadoff spot. What have you seen out of the Cubs?
3: Well, that's you know a, an interesting move, obviously to have a power guy there, and and something that will shake things up. You know, you never know what change is going to ignite a team, and, and Madden's a creative guy, so that doesn't surprise me. But you know, we, we we've talked about this before. They're extremely, extremely lucky to be in the NL Central, and I think. When you look at things and you look at even the Cardinals, you know, a game behind the Cubs, mm-hmm. three games under 500, you're looking at, uh, no one's pulling away. The Brewers, no one thinks they're going to be able to sustain this. The Brewers have just basically gotten lucky that the Cubs and Cardinals haven't played that well. So you're looking at a division that I still think the Cubs obviously have a very good chance of winning. If they were in any other division, they'd pretty much be out of things at this point. You know, there's a long season and a lot of baseball left to play, but it's just about, you know, kind of, breaking out of this 500 going sideways thing and and maybe being able to make a move i think milwaukee is going to fall off they're going to have some really tough decisions to make at the trade deadline i think the cubs will decide to be buyers um and the cardinals had a shake up the other day too some coaching staff changes johnny peralta being released so there's a lot of things going on in the nl central i don't think any of us expected and and really everybody's still in it even pittsburgh sitting there six games under 500 so We'll see. The next few weeks are obviously crucial as teams decide to do what the, what they want to do at the trade deadline. But the Cubs, I think we can say pretty assuredly, are going to be buyers.
1: You know, this Cubs team, after what we saw from them last year and even the year before, as they uh, made it as a wildcard team, beat the Cardinals, and uh, went on to the NLCS, we see this team seemingly each and every time it seemed like they could come up with the big hit. That hasn't been the case this year. They're batting two fourteen with runners in scoring position, an almost unheard of number in Major League Baseball. These kind of things seem to even out over the course of the season. Is there anything the Cubs can do about that, though? I, I'm sure Madden has tried everything from telling the guys to relax to maybe hollering at them for a little while. Whatever it is, is this something you just got to wait and see and know that with this many good hitters, with this much talent in the lineup, in the end it's going to kind of even out. It's going to come back to its level, if you will.
3: We'd have to think the law of averages would kick in at some point, right? Especially with that much talent on the roster. But if it just hasn't and, and a runner's scoring position stat is a big piece of that. I think, you know, as the season goes on and these games get tighter, I would expect the Cubs to have the advantages and pressure situations based on what they've done in the last couple of years against a team like the Brewers or like the Reds or like the Pirates, these teams that they're going to be playing against down the stretch. The Cardinals are obviously battle tested too, but. I think you know a lineup change tonight with Rizzo is something that's very interesting. You have him batting first and try to ignite the team there at the top of the lineup. That could be something that really you know gets things going. A guy who is obviously not your prototypical leadoff hitter, but a guy who gets on base regardless, and that's that's something that we'll see if that is able to make a change for them and could could help with that runners and scoring position stat.
2: All right, let's go to a, a couple of other teams here uh, in our area. Uh, Trent is all excited because his twins are still in first place.
1: I wouldn't say all excited. Well, uh, I'm excited you're that are still in it. You're a giddy little schoolboy right now. The reality is they're not going to be in it for the whole season. Okay, so will
2: the twins, Trent doesn't think they'll be in it no. for the season. No. Do you see them fading as well and somebody like Cleveland and Detroit moving ahead and taking control?
3: I see Cleveland definitely being the team still to beat there. That's, that's kind of been the, the situation the entire season. They've had a lot of injury issues and the, the rotation's not been what we expected. But when you look at just the talent on that roster, it's the same thing as the Cubs. They're in a really good situation because if they were in either of the other divisions in the AL, they'd be way out of things. But the Cleveland's been able to hang around and, and kind of go sideways just like they, they have all season. So, you know, you're looking at the Tigers are probably going to be sellers at the trade deadline. They have a lot of, um, a lot of very good veteran pieces to deal, whether that be JD Martinez or, or Justin Verlander, one of those pieces. And then Cleveland, I would expect to keep buying. Now, Minnesota has a very interesting track here as we head toward the trade deadline because they have people that they can deal. I think if they're still right around here, they're going to have to trade Irvin Santana. Fans are not going to like that just because it's very tough, you know, to, to be a seller when you're in first place. But, you have to look at the long haul here and the Brewers, the Twins and the Brewers are in the same type of boat there where they're only really in first place because everyone else has, has not played up to expectations so far and they're going to have to look at it where are we willing to potentially mortgage the rest of this season for, or potentially mortgage our future just to potentially get into the playoffs in the rest of the season and go up against the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, or for the Brewers, the Nationals, the Dodgers teams like that.
1: Last one for me, I'll let Jim finish up with you here. And I'll look out to the Yankees and Aaron Judge, another Mm, homer, last night. It's been fun to watch. This guy is just a behemoth. He is a monster of a man. But that leads to the question, a guy like this size, you figure there has to be a hole in the swing at somewhere because it's such a long swing. Is this a guy that is going to regress back, or are we looking at the next superstar of baseball?
3: I think it's definitely possible we're looking at the next superstar that's, you know, he struggled last year and, and people really don't realize that. The Yankees didn't matter toward the end of last season. Once they waved the white flag there with the Chapman and the Miller moves, they, no one really paid attention to them. And, and if they did, they were just looking at Gary Sanchez and not Judge, who struck out in 42 out of 84 at bats at that point last year. And he's a guy that has just been absolutely phenomenal this year and becoming one of the stars of baseball, which is what, what baseball does need. We'll see him in the home run derby probably in a month, and we'll see him obviously in the all-star game. So those types of things, I think, you know, really are good moving forward for the game, good for the Yankees, obviously. And, and if we saw a hole in his swing, it was last year when he, when he struck out half the time, and we're seeing now that's probably fixed. Uh, and obviously you can't keep up this for your whole career. Well, maybe he can. I guess you can't, can't rule that out necessarily because Trout's been able to do it, but in that ballpark and in a hitter's park, he's, he's in a really good situation to be a superstar, I'd say.
2: It's always good, pal, when you take a few minutes with us. Thank you for your time, as always. You have a great day.
3: You guys, too. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Chris. See you. Chris Cotillo, Major League Baseball Daily Dish, the latest on the majors. On the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines.
1: So, uh, we know you love players. I do, I, I'm
2: sure Judge I, is a guy that gets you going. Yes, he does. I even flipped over last night mm-hmm. and, and saw him just to watch his at-bats. I did, too. the okay.
1: It was on uh what was it Fox Sports One. One they had it. They had yeah. the whip around coverage yeah. and uh, yeah, it was they, and they that. and they did it. And their that. boy Pete
2: Rose. Yes. On the Pete's
1: funny. I knew you'd get a kick out of that. But yeah, he's getting to that spot. You know what I'm saying though? You know, a a guy that's we just don't see guys in baseball mm-hmm. six foot eight. Well uh not not batters.
2: Well, how big was the big hurt?
1: Six five. five.
2: Frank six. Thomas? Remember Frank Thomas? That
1: was the big hurt. What?
2: No, not Frank Thomas. Um, uh, oh man, I just had his name here. Frank. Oh jeez, Louise. He was like uh, six nine. Really? Played, yeah. Played for the and then the Washington Senators. Yeah. Frank? Ted klazuski was a Frank big guy. Frank? No, not Frank Robinson. No. Uh, golly. Yeah, in the '60s, first baseman. Oh man, I'll think of it in a second. Uh yeah, Ted Kluszewski was a big guy. I mean, there were there are big guys. Orlando Cepeda was a big guy for the Giants, like six six, but Judge is Judge is like what six seven, six eight, six eight. Yeah. Okay,
1: so I'm looking at a height chart here. Let's see if it'll pop up.
4: Okay. Du, 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 du. Oh, why
1: can't I think of who that guy is? There has been oh man
2: Frank not Frank Thomas Frank oh uh, oh I hate that when that happens damn it old age it doesn't have their names okay I'll think of it in a second don't don't worry I don't think you will yeah I will I don't yeah, think I will. so
1: yeah I think it's gone forever GGB. no
2: Washington Senators first baseman
1: oh. Tallest relief pitcher, John Rauch. so We're no. looking at position players.
2: Yeah, first baseman. Yeah. Washington Senators first baseman. Fr- Frank Howard. Dingbo Frank, yeah. Frank Howard. Frank Howard.
1: Frank <laughs> Howard. Let's see how tall Frank Howard was. Okay. Frank Howard was. was uh-huh. Uh huh. He weighed 255.
2: Yep, yeah, big dude.
1: Da, da, da. Does it say his height there? Not there. Hmm. 6'7. Six, 6'7. Seven. Six, seven. Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. We, we haven't seen a guy right. this 6'8. That's right. what I'm saying, though. Okay. Jim. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I get it. Yeah. Yes. But and... I knew that there were big guys. Sure. So there have sure. been. Yeah. But this is different. Okay. That's what I'm trying to get at. That you took us on a path we didn't need to go <laughs> well, on. Well, I came up with Frank Howard. Uh, so what's that get you? <laughs> Besides giving me an aneurysm. That's true. That's good. You're not listening to the point. I'm listening to the point.
2: The guy is a freak of nature.
1: He's a behemoth. Yes, he is. Is it more likely that that big looping swing, mm-hmm. once pitchers get around yep. for the second yeah. time, I see. You. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Yankees come up and have incredible starts to their career. That is correct. And then it completely falters. Yes, right afterwards. So yes. I hope that doesn't happen. It's a fun story. He's it is. fun to watch. It is. I, I love when you you see his teammates come up and give him a hug, and he just sees- He just towers over he's everybody. He's a monster yeah. of a man. Yeah. I, I love to see it. They barely come up to his waist. But that concern still kind of sits in the back of your mind. Yes. And at the All-Star Game, I want to see him and Altuve hanging out together. Altuve all 5'4", and Judge at 6'8". Them uh, maybe chugging some beers. We can get a story of that or something. Okay. What did I say? You I have no clue. You were listening.
2: No. With that. We'll take a break. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because next up, we're going to do Barnstormers. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And 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 Travis Partridge is the quarterback. And they've won like 623 games in a row. He's coming up next right here at the Big Talker 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3. Sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
5: See you soon.
6: A
0: whole lot more car for a lot less money, Tom.
6: Tom's Auto Sales,
5: Iowa's largest independent used car dealer. Four to five hundred used cars, trucks, and SUVs in stock. At Tom's Auto Sales, we have great prices and a great selection of the best quality used vehicles around. We have the best prices in town on used vehicles and price sells cars. We're a one-stop shop for all brands of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Looking for that used vehicle in the five dollars to $6,000 range? Tom's Auto Sales has it. Family owned, family operated. Come into Tom's Auto Sales and let ours help yours. We don't sell to everyone. Talk to, but we're still talking to everyone we sold to. Tom's Auto Sales, with four locations in the Des Moines metro, three locations just off 235 on East University Avenue, and one location just south of 8035 on Merle Hay Road. Visit our website at tomsautogroup.com That's tomsautogroup.com Tom's Auto Sales
0: Attention landowners. Want to know what your farm is worth? At Iowa Land Company, our team of blue-collar land experts combine years of real estate
2: experience with the latest marketing innovations to give you a modern real estate service unmatched in the Hawkeye State. We're a farmland real estate company, and helping connect buyers and sellers of Iowa land is our specialty. Give us a call at 641-443-2584, or visit us online at iowalandcompany.com for a free farmland evaluation.
7: You don't need more sports, but you
0: want more sports.
7: Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR.
0: Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B. and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome back in. This next segment's going to be a lot of fun. The reason is is because the Iowa Barnstormers are just rolling. I mean, not only are they rolling in the win column, I've jokingly said they've won over 600 games in a row. It sure seems like it. Uh, Travis Partridge is the starting quarterback for this team. Last time he was on the show, uh, I think it was several weeks ago, they haven't lost, so we're taking all the credit for it. Not him. <laughs> he comes to us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hello, Travis. How are you, man?
8: Doing very well. Thanks
2: for having me back. You bet you, pal. Look, this is uh, this is an amazing season. This has started off where you guys got hammered uh, bad, uh, and that's the last game. Was it uh, Sioux Falls, right?
8: Yeah. Thanks for you know I didn't bringing mean, that back, no, I, up. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to bring that one no, up. No, you're like, good, you're yes, good, you're but good.
2: yeah, man. But you guys haven't
8: lost since that game. Yes, sir. Yeah, what? Yes, sir. What changed everything? You know, uh, you know, it's you know, my grandpa's a uh, high school football coach, and he's you know, he's he's the king of cliches. Um, and he, you know, that was one of those games where you know it, they stormed the boat a little bit, and um, and that that happened uh, week what week four? Mm, yeah, and it seems like three months ago, I guess, but it was, you know, it was, it's been a long time ago. And I think just things click then. And, um, you know, people found their roles a little bit, you know, after the, after the season people find roles and people, you know, find niches. And, uh, that's happened for us and we just keep winning.
1: 13 and two, the record, the long winning streak yep. that you're on, but the playoffs begin early for you. You got to get this one coming up, uh, to get into the playoffs It is. Has it led to a different type of environment as you guys have been going through practice this week?
8: No, not really. You know, it, it, we've kind of been under the understanding that the playoffs have started a long time ago. Um, you know, the Wichita Falls and the Sioux Falls, they've they've been winning all season as well. Uh, and, and we know that, hey, there's only two who make the playoffs, and um, you couldn't afford to give up a game. So, you know, it's it sounds cliche, but no, the playoffs started a long time ago for us, and Oh, we're just, we're just excited to, to win you know I, I don't know if you know everybody's been on a team where um winning is contagious but it, it's um uh, it's just a lot of fun to be around the guys right now and um no we're we're looking at this one as just another game mm-hmm. um it's it's a big game it's a large game um but it you know it's it's once again it it is another game
2: okay we we understand that, but the way then you just referenced it, so I'd like to kind of have you explain it to the listeners cool. that only two teams from each division get in. In the other right. in the other division, I think only Arizona is any good. So you've got three teams Iowa, yep. Wichita Falls, Sioux Falls, and mm-hmm. all three of you guys are the three best teams in the league, at least record wise that shows it, correct?
8: Right, yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're thirteen and two. Sioux Falls is thirteen and two, and Wichita Falls is twelve and three, I believe. Okay, and they they hold a tiebreaker with uh, with both us and Sioux Falls. Oh so, man, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a messy situation. But, I mean, but at the end of the day, we we can control one thing, and it's if we we win, and we beat Sioux Falls Saturday. Hey, we win and we host the whole thing. So um, that's what we're excited about.
2: Now, if you
8: win this game and then
2: you get into the playoffs. Are there two rounds of playoffs and that's it, or how does that work?
8: Yes, sir. Uh, I think last year there was a you know I think there was a there was two rounds of playoffs in the in the bowl game, but this year they've they've um, they've shrunk the playoffs a little bit. There's there's two teams from each division. It's essentially east or west, the night and the intense conference, and then um, there's two teams. There's a conference championship. Bang, you play, then you play the winner of the other conference, and that's the United Bowl championship. So, um, yeah. There, you win this game, then you, the, there's there's a possibility of playing two more playoff games. Okay, I guess um, to answer your question.
2: Okay, I got it. So there's a possibility as well that if you win this coming Saturday night, and you better if you win this Saturday night, you could face this team again in the first round of the playoffs. Is that fair?
8: Uh, yeah, it depends on what Wichita Falls do. They they right. play Nebraska. If they lose, and we win, we win. Um. Then we would play Wichita Falls at home. Okay. Um, if if we beat Sioux Falls and Wichita Falls loses, then we play Sioux Falls at home. Just let's do it again next week. So, um, and then you know I I don't even want to talk about the other situation.
1: No, but, I don't blame you. No. Um,
8: but yeah, th- those those are, those are our options.
1: Travis, uh, have you with the win streak that you guys are on? The way that you play, the honors that have come your way. Here over the last couple of months, has as your phone started to ring a little bit more with some other opportunities after the season ends?
8: You know, maybe a little bit, um, but at the end of the day, like my professional career, I've I've learned to kind of tune out the 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 maybes and what ifs, and you know, we we talk about it. The you you don't want your phone to ring; you want your fax machine to ring. Yes, yes. Until Yes. Uh
2: until,
8: Until the fax machine rings. Um, I'm gonna keep playing football. <laughs>
2: yeah.
8: Um, yeah. You, you, you know, it's my. Uh, I grew up in a family of football coaches, and and my dad always says it that you know quarterbacks and head coaches. Well, we get way too much blame when we lose, but at the same time, we probably get too much credit when we win. So you can't really, you can't really get too high on yourself because you know you got to keep winning. All right. So th-
2: so that brings up the next question. After your football career ends, wherever it may be in the arena yes, league or someplace else, even even at a higher level, does Travis then become a football coach like the rest of the guys in the family?
8: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, you know, I think I've been I've been pretty blessed. I think you know a lot of kids um, growing up. Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I think I want to be this, or I don't think I do that. Well, I've had a pretty clear and unobstructed. I, like, I know exactly what I've wanted to do um, mm-hmm. for a long time, and um, they've kind of laid out the path for me a little bit. And the whole playing career um, wasn't really a realistic thing until, you know, about because I played a Division two school. Right. It uh, wasn't It wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, very, very realistic thing until the scouts started coming around my junior or senior year. And and I was one day at practice kind of hit me, oh, they're – they're standing behind me. They're watching me, you know. It, it wasn't it, – yeah, it, they, we, I had some great players on my team, and I just kind of – you know, you just assume, hey, they're here for them, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in quarterback in, indie drills, and they're standing five feet behind me. I'm like, wait, they're not walking to go watch running backs or be line. They're, they're standing here for me. So, yeah, it's always been the plan, and this, this, the playing stuff has kind of just been a icing on the cake, if you will.
4: Okay,
2: let me just – let me follow up with, with this one then. If – a fan decides he's going to go to this game because this is the biggest game that the Barnstormers will play this year. Biggest in a few years. In a few, Yes, you're right about that. Well done. Right. Well done, Trent. But he hasn't been to an Arena League game since uh, the team switched leagues and dropped down to the Indoor League. Okay? Expl- right. Explain to people what's different with the league that you play in. And the league prior to where the barnstormers were, I think it's important for fans to understand it's just not the same.
8: No, you know, it's 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 just a different league. You know, I, I think, um, you know, obviously the AFL probably has more of a name behind it. Mm-hmm. But if you look from a player standpoint, I, I know a lot of players. I've I've talked to a lot of players that have chosen um, the IFL over maybe an AFL opportunity because it's just it's just a better competition and it's, it's more it translates more to the outdoor game um as far as as far as the the difference the difference is because yeah, uh, there
2: are no screens right where you play the ball off
6: right. the screens
8: yeah there's, there's, there's no screens um there's minor i mean as a quarterback i, I can't get I'll, I'll get a little bit complicated like the, the mike linebacker in the afl um, can't really drop into coverage. In this league, he can go wherever he wants to.
2: Okay.
8: Um, the strong safety in the AFL can't go beyond five yards um, deep. In this league, he can go wherever he wants to. So there's there's just minor, there's minor little tweaks um, that translate more to the outdoor game, and that's why you see more of the running style of this league compared to the AFL. Right.
2: I was just going to say, because in this league, you can run the ball a little more.
8: Right, right, and, that, and, that, and that's exactly why, because in the AFL, there's two guys always sitting in the line of scrimmage, um, and they, they're never dropping the coverage in this league. You know, they're, they're dropping the coverage. There's playing more zone coverages. Um, there's lots of different things going on, so a lot of teams will run the football and establish what they want the other team to run coverage-wise.
1: All right, Travis. I got one more for you, and it might be cool. the most important question. Oh, here we go. Get ready. Ohio, you've, you've been in this state for a couple of years now, on and right. off. Are you a Hawkeye fan or a Cyclone fan? Uh,
8: you know, you know, um, I'm a Missouri Western. Let's see. Let's see your your Iowa <laughs> football <laughs> history here. Let's see how good you are. Okay. So the previous Iowa State coach, the head football coach, was
1: Paul, Paul Rhodes. Rhodes.
8: Paul Rhodes, where did he graduate from?
1: Missouri Western.
8: Missouri Western. So yeah, that, that, that answer your question. I, I was a Paul Rose.
1: Fan. I got you. got so you. But then a, he was showing the door, so that yeah. should make you dislike Iowa State. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know
8: it, it, it's no. It, I, I don't. I don't have a dog in the fight.
1: Yeah, I got you. I don't
8: have a dog in the fight. Um, no, but uh, I was a, like my father and Paul Rose are friends. Mm-hmm. So I guess now I'm an Arkansas fan. Yeah, that, there you that's go. Right. That's so where, you where he go. is. Yeah, you Can got you for the uh, Hogs. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, it's, we're closer to Ames. Yes. Um, you know, and I don't have a girlfriend. Um, so the wait, Iowa wait a minute, State, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute.
2: Breaking, <laughs> breaking news here, breaking news. Travis Partridge, uh, zip on the girlfriend
1: category. So he's making his way up to meet some young ladies <laughs> yeah. in Ames. Yeah, yeah uh-huh.
7: that's,
8: that was that was what I was saying without saying it. Uh-huh.
4: I'll help
1: you out
8: <laughs> oh, that's great
2: that's great. Oh, you're the best pal look we we love having you come on the show you're you're fun you you just let it fly, and that's what we appreciate about you, okay, Saturday night, game time what like seven o five?
8: yeah, I think you know I, we get out there and the, the all the pregame stuff and the, we get out there about seven o'clock, yeah, kick off about seven o eight, I think
2: okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to come down to the game. I'll see you there. Uh, I hope you guys win. I'd like nothing better than to have a playoff game for the Iowa Barnstormers. Travis, thank you for your time as always. Great fun, pal.
8: Appreciate it. Hey, my, my family will be there Saturday, so come say what's up to them.
2: You got it, man. I'll do that. Thank you.
1: All right, I'll See, talk to you guys later. You got it. Thanks, Travis,
2: Travis Partridge, quarterback, Iowa Barnstormers. Dude is fun,
1: and uh, if you're in yeah, Ames, yeah. you might run into him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's on the hunt. Yeah, he's a
1: dog on the hunt. <laughs> was Pretty
2: funny. good life playing football
1: for a living. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's doing all right for himself. That's why we like having him on because he's he's a fun-loving guy and a terrific QB. I mean, not only can he pass it, he he can run He's, it too. He's got some
1: physicality. Yeah, to he his does. Game. Yeah, you, you can see that. Well, yeah. we have hit a lot of things today. We have. We've done our mock draft for the Capital City League. i uh, just spectacular. We talked recruiting with our man Alex Hall. Yes. We talked baseball with Chris Cattell. We yes. talked barnstormers. Yes. Coming up next, uh huh, another topic: golf. Why not U.S. Open Father's Day weekend every single year? Here it is once again. No Tiger. No fill. Mm-mm. We'll talk to Brendan Porath about that and much more coming up on the other side as we roll through a Tuesday edition. Jimmy B and TC live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: Seventeen hundred KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC noon to three sports talk that rocks. Seventeen hundred KBGG.
1: Trust, quality, value. You'll
4: remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's. Why, you ask? Because each meal is prepared and crafted with the finest ingredients by Sam and Gabe's experienced chefs, well-known in central
2: Iowa for steaks, handmade pasta dishes, specialty pizzas, and, of course, the incomparable Steak de Burgo. Join them in Urbandale for dinner, Sunday brunch, and live music,
0: or dine with them for lunch or dinner in the East Village. Private event rooms are also available. Reserve
4: your table at SamandGabes.com. You'll remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's
1: By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and
7: drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace.
1: I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without... The kidda smoke alarm. My son would not be here today. Had it not been for that carbon monoxide detector,
7: they would come to
5: school and not have their teacher there. I grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire. Kidda makes technology that saves lives.
0: Get these essential products at The Home
9: Depot. The Home Depot and Black Flag are taking the guesswork out of yard care with Black Flag Extreme Lawn Insect Killer Plus Fungus Control, starting at only 11 97 Kill what's killing your lawn with this dual-action formula that kills lawn insects and kills and prevents fungus. If you're not sure what's causing problems in your yard, don't raise the white flag. Go with Black Flag Extreme Lawn Insect Killer plus Fungus Control. Starting at only $11.97. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. See store for details.
5: See you soon.
1: Hey, it's Jimmy B and TC for Draft House Fifty on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House Fifty has forty-seven big-screen TVs for great viewing of any game: football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis—you name it. Hey, the Draft House Fifty can get it even cricket.
0: Order! TV, 180L for internet, equipping, non-return, and under facing conditions. play. call for details. Offer ends 121.17. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: Here's Jim and Trent. Well, Jimmy B, you've been saying this week you want to get out play some golf. I'd like to. It's been a little humid, a little yeah, hot. Old man like you can't handle tough, that heat. Tough on the old dog. Somebody said, though, uh, you can go out in this heat, uh-huh. but you can play Aaron Hills. As it's currently constructed from the tips, would you just say no thank you or do you give it a shot?
2: Oh, no, I'd try. You know how stupid I am.
1: So It you, would take
2: me 10 just to get to the green, yeah, but one, I don't care.
1: 175 off the tee. <laughs> driver, driver, five iron into a par four, Jimmy B. I'm on. Hey, I'm on in seven. It is going to be a long, long course. We're here to talk about it and much more from SB Nation. He is Brendan Porath as he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Brendan, what's going on?
7: Not much. Just getting ready for uh, US Open. Appreciate you guys having me on.
2: Uh, it's always good, man, when you come on the show. Thank you. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. All right. They've got rain going on. How is yep. this? And and the weather for the weekend apparently is a, a little iffy as well. How is this all going to play out now with bad weather?
7: I think it's just you know it makes the course longer. It gives the big hitters an even greater advantage than they already had. You know, a lot of there's a big shock value around like the yardage here. It's mm-hmm. that's the longest in the history of the Open. Uh, it's seventy-seven forty-one. It could be set up at over eight thousand yards, but the wind. You know, it does make it play shorter than that. And another thing that they were hoping would make it play shorter than that is how firm and fast it was going to be. But given the water that has just dumped on it over the last, I guess, 24 hours, both last night and this morning, it should make it. You know, that firm and fast is not going to be there. It's going to be playing long. And I think it just continues to give the big hitters an advantage, like Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, these guys that already – you know, have an advantage almost everywhere they go because of their big big stick. Um, and now they're going to have it at the national championship.
1: It's the length of this course is going to uh, garner a whole lot of headlines. Also, the look of this course. Uh, remember Chambers Bay a couple years ago out mm-hmm. on the West Coast? Uh, a different look to it. This is the same kind of uh, in Aaron Hills. Just describe the course for people that haven't read or seen anything uh, about it right now. How would you describe Aaron Hills?
7: Well, it's a really young course by, uh, U S open standard. It's only 11 years old. Uh, it's really, um, it it's, I guess from all accounts, it's, it's, the land was perfect as it was. It was meant to be a golf course. They didn't have to move a lot of dirt. They didn't have to shift and shape a lot of the land. It was just what was left behind by this, uh, glacier, the kettle Moraine that they keep referencing however many millions of years ago. Um, and it's about 40 miles from Milwaukee. So it's kind of in a central Wisconsin. Um, <clears throat> no trees. The trees have all been cleared. What, what little was there already have been cleared. So it's this high fescue. It might look like a lynx, but from all counts, it doesn't really play like a lynx. It'll be okay. windy. You know, there are no trees, but, but this is still kind of a U.S. Open test. And you, if you hit a high ball, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it just looks like a Lynx but it it still kind of plays more like a U.S. Open, and it's it's long, you know, it's long, and and it, there's a ton of undulation because of what was left there about his glacier.
2: All right, here's the here's the big question: If the weather stalls the Open for the first couple of days, can Phil Mickelson catch a jet and fly in and still play?
7: Oh, he can. He absolutely can. And we've got you know. There's like betting odds here. You know, it's like <laughs> 10 to 1 that he's going to play. Okay. You know, you can bet on everything these days, but it's 10 to 1 that he'll play was the last I saw. Uh, on Sunday in Memphis, after he finished the St. Jude Classic, he said he needed a minimum of a four hour delay. Okay. So what we're thinking is, you know, and unfortunately right now, Thursday looks like the one day that might not get much. He needs four hours somewhere in there on Thursday, whether that's like what we had this morning. Where they didn't let anyone on the course till, until nine local, you know, 10 a.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. Um, with tea times, you know, starting around 7 a.m., they need, he needs something there and, and he needs it to be heavy and severe. So I think with a four hour delay, he thinks he can get there. He's going to get in his plane, which is, you know, among the best, (laughs) best private aircraft in the world, uh, around his tea time and it's a, which is 220 central. And he says his flight is three hours and 20 minutes. So between, you know, landing and getting over the course, he said he needs four hours at some mm-hmm. point, which which is doable. We saw, you know, last year at Oakmont, Thursday was almost a complete washout. Nobody in the afternoon played a, played a right. single shot. Right. So, you know, he just needs a forecast to break his way. And as we saw the last couple of days here, it can kind of pop up there in Central Wisconsin
2: isn't it isn't it uh funny that he still has a tea time or did he leave his name in there just in case something like this did develop
7: yeah he communicated with, with the USJ in advance he said okay. hey it's unlikely I'm gonna play just to give them a heads up to not put them kind of in like a marquee group that you know they're going to feature for TV or the live streams online but he's like keep me in there give me a seat you know I, I'm gonna stay in the field but you know, don't plan on featuring me because it's unlikely that I'll play. So the alternate, we already know the alternate who's going to be in his spot. They're letting him play practice rounds, and he'll jump in that tee time if Phil, you know, doesn't get there on time.
1: Well, and that's good to see because I'm sure there would have been a lot of backlash if Phil was holding a spot for something that wasn't able, and they wouldn't have somebody that could replace him it is good to see that there there is that replacement available and rare to go if Phil doesn't make it on time. We're talking with Brendan Porath as so we take a look at the U.S. Open. Brendan, uh, a couple of uh, golfers, just your thoughts on their game as they get ready for the U.S. Open, maybe chances of winning. Let's start with the, the Masters champion, Sergio Garcia. Is he in the right frame in your mind to make a run here? He's made the cut, I think, what, four consecutive times at the U.S. Open.
7: Yeah, he's absolutely – he's got to – you know, it's surprising we saw him win the Masters. A lot of people would have pegged him for either like the U.S. Open or a British Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's more of, you know, the game that suits it, suits him, a test that suits him. Uh, he's kind of flown under the radar that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you can say that since he won his first major. And he didn't play – he hasn't played too much. He played in Dallas a little bit, played the Players' Championship. Um, but other than that, he's kind of been laying low. And letting a lot of these big hitters are getting all the pubs. You know, DJ defending and Rory coming back from injury and Speed trying to win another one. Sergio's kind of been just hanging out in the background. But, again, like I said, the U.S. Open is what he, you know, his game is perfectly suited for that. Usually, you know, putting maybe isn't as big a factor as it might be at the Masters. And and he bonds it. You know, we, we tend to think he's like this ball striker you know deluxe which he is but he rips it just you know he can hang with all the biggest hitters and he did that at augusta he was hitting at 330 wow. regularly wow um so i i think you know sergio is <laughs> it'd be a surprise if he missed a cut and you know didn't at least make some noise or was in, in contention on sunday uh
2: ricky fowler's birthday and this is a guy that i think a lot of fans gravitate to especially the young babes that are always out there, and I can see I can see why. Uh, and he's a fun-loving guy. Does he have a shot in this or not?
7: Yeah, he always has a shot. I think a lot of people also tag him for a U.S. Open or an Open championship. He is one of those players. Well, a lot of these guys aren't as comfortable playing in the wind, this modern player okay. growing up. They just don't play or practice much in the wind. He did a lot where he grew up. Oklahoma, uh, in Southern too. California.
2: Yeah, but in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State—that's all it does. Yep. It just blows tumbleweeds across the golf course in Stillwater.
7: Yep, at Oklahoma State, he said he's got a lot of a lot of practice with it. He talked about you know where he grew up in Southern California, kind of being a wind tunnel um, inland there. And, and uh, so I think he he knows how to play like the trajectory game and can play through the wind and into the wind. Um, and he hits it just as far as some of these big hitters do. He pops it over three hundred. Uh, I think, you know, with Ricky, the question is always kind of that Sunday. Can you put it together on Sunday? We we see him regularly in, inside the top ten at a lot of PGA Tour events and majors, you know. And his game has kind of come and gone a bit this year. He was brilliant at the Honda Classic, um, was there at the Masters before kind of fizzling on Sunday. It, it's he'll, he'll be there. It's just kind of whether he can pull it all together on Sunday.
1: Finally, uh, the Iowan, Zach Johnson. Mm-hmm. It has been a rough year for him. It'll be one of the early tee times on Thursday, as long as we get started on time. <laughs> uh, but, but Zach certainly does not look to, to be in the frame to win a U.S. Open, usually, and especially with length. Not a tournament that you'd look at that'd be a, a shot for him. But, but what's gone wrong? Is it strictly the change in clubs that he's gone through this year? you think there's something deeper going on with Zach Johnson?
7: No, I, I I think you know Zach is is at a point in his career where you know he's accomplished a hell of a lot. You know he's won two of the, two majors and won a bunch on tour, and you know he's he's not a young pup anymore. So I think you know sometimes it, it, he'll have a struggle. You know have a stretch where he can struggle. The equipment might be a part of that. You know as the game continues to evolve and distance becomes more and more and more of an advantage. Like this is not. Some anomaly here. Does the, the statistics bear it out? Almost every venue on the PGA Tour really favors the guys who hit it far, and, and not even hit it far and straight necessarily. Guys who just hit it far, um, and I think that's what we're going to get this this week too. With really wide fairways, you know, all this rain that's softening it up, and a course that you know pushes eight thousand yards. So I think, you know, unfortunately, and you hear this a lot, maybe maybe the modern modern PGA Tour doesn't test kind of the full game, you know, one through 14 clubs. And, you know, the driver is a bigger weapon than the putter or, or the pitching wedge. And we see, like, Zach kind of maybe struggling to keep up with that. And, and that's, you know, it's unfortunate for some of the purists.
2: Uh, Brendan, did I see where the 18th could play almost 700 yards or will play 700 yards at times? Is that right?
7: Yes, I think it's listed a Officially at six seventy five. Okay, it's somewhere around there. So you know, and, and they always like to put a bunch of tee boxes at these at these U.S. Opens where they can make it flexible, and sometimes anywhere within a hundred yard difference. Um, you know, I, I think they'll play it. They really want this to be a three shot three shot hole, and if it's if it's not a three shot, they want you hitting a three wood or five wood um, into the green. And I heard, I think Rory said he hit a three wood to about five yards short. So it, it's a full par-5, which we don't get very often anymore, mm-hmm. right? Almost yeah. every par-5 reaches too. So, yeah, they're going to make it's cool, I think. You know, I love yeah. having a par-5 finishing hole. Yeah, chance for a birdie, maybe an eagle, probably yeah. not this one, but
5: I like it.
1: A little different, and that's always a yeah. good thing. Aaron Hills, the site up in Wisconsin. Brendan Porath with us on the Draft House 50 hotline. As always, Brendan, good catching up with you. Enjoy the tournament. We'll be talking soon.
2: All right, thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Man, I hope it rains a little bit. I'd love to see Mickelson you land. Want his,
1: I, I, want, I just want to
2: see if, it, if he could make it. Yeah. You know, he goes to his kid's graduation, runs and to the, the private cal- airport, jumps on the jet, lands, got a car waiting for him, Cop a cop escort, speeds at 85 miles an hour down the freeway with the cops doing their little uh, buzzers. And gets
1: them there. And, and he gets them there. Well, one thing we do know. Will have action on it one way or the other if he's going to make. It. Oh, you got it. Well, take there's a no break. question. Two o'clock hour up next. John Cannon joins us. We put a cap on the NBA next on Jimmy B and T C.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. Seventeen hundred K B G G.
6: thousands can you finish this little ad phrase there are some things money can't buy for
9: everything else there's right most people know for everything else there's mastercard but this message isn't about mastercard it's about how your memory works why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize that's the power of sound it can make a good tune or a good idea stick Now, here's a question. Would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business, sticky? You know, memorable and powerful? Then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio. The Power of Sound.
6: Hi, this is Jeff Peterson. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station, 331-9200. We're glad to share them. And now for something deliciously different from Wendy's. Wendy's Double
0: Stack is still an option in the 4 for 4. With a quarter pound of fresh beef, four nuggets, fries, and a drink. That's a deal so good it should not exist. Like how owls shouldn't be able to turn their heads all the way around.
6: (sighs) Wouldn't like that deal.
0: The four for four with your choice of a double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. A deal so great, it's impossibly good, but not for long. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, we'll includes full-piece chicken nuggets, small fries, and a drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and
6: Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
9: At the Home Depot, we've got more great ways to do windows than anyone. Choose from a huge selection, in-store and online. Design custom window treatments in-store or use our online tool. Even schedule an in-home appointment with a designer. With so many choices, nobody does windows like we do. Come in now for easy-to-use cordless cellular shades starting at only $24.97. From America's number one retailer of blinds and shades, The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Offer valve through June 30th and store online when spot last.
4: Hi, this is Chip Wade, TV host and entrepreneur. I own a construction and design business, and I never want to turn down a job because I don't have enough capital for hiring or to buy equipment. That's why Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds whenever you need them. I signed up in a few simple steps and had funding in many.